The Table Rock Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and and be be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communication experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom brand apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format prints for signs as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-47468. Aloha, I'm Alex. I'm Julie. And we're foodies sharing food while chatting about Boise and whatever else is on our plate this week. Well, thanks so much, Tara, for coming on with us. We're so happy to have you. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, and Tara, it's so nice to see you again. It was so fun to meet you at your luncheonette. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Yeah, it was a great lunch. I had a great lunch. Oh, my gosh. So happy to hear that. So what do you have here today? All right. So I brought a graze board for you guys. Um, We've got an assortment of different house-made meats. We've got our house-made pastrami, our house-roasted turkey breast. Then we have our um, house-marinated Castle Vetrano olives our house-roasted almonds that have like a pastrami spice on there. Uh, Then we have our beet hummus. Uh, We have some house-made pickles with pickled peppers. And then we have some great um, salami from Cremonelli in Salt Lake City. Um, We've got some manchego and French brie. Wow. uh, Well, first of all, I want to say I just love the term graze board. It's just because that's what we're doing. We have... uh, loaded our plates in front of us and now we're grazing off whatever's in front of us the pastrami is excellent now you make that in house thank you so much yeah we make that and so how do you do that gosh that's more that's of a question, question for the chef for sure yeah, um, so it I may know. be a secret i mean maybe also something you don't want to reveal so no i mean pastrami it has a long history it does yeah. yeah some some wizardry some curing spices some smoke what I was hoping actually for is if we could jump into the story of Wild Plum. How did you come up with the name? Um, yeah, so actually, um, so Wild Plum is uh, co-owned by me and my husband, Alex, who's the chef. Um, we started it in 2015. Where did Alex previously work again? Yeah, so Alex used to um, run the kitchen at Red Feather, and oh, then yeah. he started mm-hmm. the brunch program at the R. Modern R. Hotel. Yeah, I know, and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then he um, did the revamp at the Boise Co-op Deli. And worked for a little wow. while at the Boise Urban Garden School before we started uh, oh, Wild awesome. Plum. Uh, but yeah. I, I need to just jump in here. Mm-hmm. The Red Feather and the Modern, I think, were are both known when Alex was running them as sort of the hip places to be for uh, fine dining, different oh, yeah. food. He deconstructed um, yeah. a Spamusa yes. Bee once, yes. and it and broke my mind. His what? He deconstructed a Spamusa Bee. It's a local oh, yeah, dish yeah. in Hawaii. Um, it just made me feel so seen yeah. in Boise. <laughs> yeah. My favorite was he did this um, like egg toast where he carved a box out of bread uh-huh. and then like lacquered it in butter. So it was like crispy, but entirely made like a bread basket and then filled it with truffled like 
soft scrambled eggs. So good. Oh my God. That sounds like I need it in my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, just this backdrop, I, I mean, he's uh, just a great chef. So, well, and then and there's well known around town as I well. Think. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I have a background in um, food journalism primarily. So mm-hmm. I started at the Boise Weekly and kind of, um, fell into like a food editor role there just through my interest in a lot of food reviews and then Mm -hmm. um, eventually went on to be that one of the editors at Edible Idaho magazine Uh, and I've done a lot of freelance work with magazines around town um, mostly about food and booze (laughs) it's kind of my specialty when I graduated Julie I went this is actually when I was I was doing mentorship with Julie as well but I went to Tara when I graduated and I said I just I love everything you do can I work with you? <laughs> and so I interned with her for Food Fort in 2018. Yeah. Um, that was one of the best experiences of my life. Oh my gosh. I still remember the New Belgium brewer that oh, we had yeah, on. She that was, was so amazing. Fun. Lauren Salazar. Yeah. So I did the um, the talks for Food Fort. So all the conversations that we had with um, people about the food scene. All um, the food scene. I mean, we did coffee all the way to the beers for sure. Yeah. So I, I, how long have, have you and Alex been married? We were married in 2014. So you're married one year and then you go, let's launch a new business together. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, yeah. this is a wild ride here. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I would not, not <laughs> recommend it to people. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks so great. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just sitting around with wine in front of you and go, oh, let's do something different. I mean, how did this come about? We start, that's where the conversation started and mm-hmm. we... Well, I think I realized pretty quickly with Alex, he's kind of, um, let's say, passionate, uh, strong-headed. So okay. um, I knew that in order for him Does to come really, with the name, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be happy in work, that he needed to work for himself. That became pretty apparent. So yeah, um, we just kind of started brainstorming. I had left the Boise Weekly and was mm-hmm. doing freelance writing at the time, and um, we were trying to look for something where we could kind of combine our skills. Uh, in food. Um, so we, it was intentional. It was very intentional. Yeah, we, we were mm-hmm. looking to start something. We wanted to shy away from the traditional restaurant model, which is why we chose catering. Um, Little did you guys know. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, this was when you guys were starting Wild Plum. And now here we are in the future with a new season and a post-pandemic. Um, what yeah. has been going on in the food world? Yeah. yeah so, so you 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 started a catering business, but you, that's not what you do now. You've you've mm-hmm. pivoted totally, huh? You had to because of COVID. Yeah. I mean, we were solely a catering company for five years. Um. So up until I was praying you guys would do something else because catering, you know, you have to have that event. And yeah. I was like, I want to be popping in. I want to hang out. <laughs> yeah, we did some fun um, public facing stuff, some pop up mm-hmm. fun pop up dinners, Bob's burgers, themes. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it was mostly just, um, you know, offsite catering. We have a food truck that we use to cook things fresh on site. So that was our whole business model until COVID came along. And, you know, every event canceled, every wedding canceled for the whole year. So we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and be like, all right, what does this look like for us now? And after some, we did some various things. We worked with um, a lot of our friends in the local food community um, to put together these like local baskets. And the baskets were the best grocery CSA in that time frame. I was so excited about them. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was really fun. So um, then we also did these like 100% local, like heat and serve meals. So everything from the flour was from Gaston's, the butter from Cloverleaf to 
all of the proteins and veggies we could get at the time because it was still pretty early, um, you know, April, which there's not a ton coming on. Um, So we did that for a while and then we kind of settled on the idea that, okay, well, maybe we should take the leap and become a restaurant finally. So um, we're so thankful. Thank you. So we opened Plum Luncheonette, which is our lunch restaurant. um, What is a lunchette? Luncheonette, yeah, it's kind of like a classic term for um, like a lunch restaurant. It's kind okay. of an old school, like 50s. I looked it up, and it, oh. it is a classic term, and uh, but it also suggests small. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and we're um, super small. It's yeah, a, family it's a run. small space. Yeah, family run, mom and pop. We don't, we've got, you know, four employees, so. And a puppy. And a puppy. <laughs> and when you drop by, which I have had the opportunity to do, there's, this wonderful little yellow um, curtain. No, not the curtain. Oh. No, the, it's a, a <laughs> it's yellow like a desk curtain. that you walk oh. up to, and mm-hmm. you just pick up your bag, and you you call in your order, and or you can order online, and then you just stop by and you pick it up, and they're nice bags with the name Luncheonette on the front, and you carry it out. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to talk about that because you're so great at design, Tara, from well, when you, you did events. You know, your eye. Um, what kind of drew you to the aesthetic that you created for the restaurant and for that vibe? Uh, you know, actually, it came from uh, back when we first opened, mm-hmm. when we first bought the space. We're in the former Tom Sweeney's Dutch Oven Cafe space on Orchard in Fairview. For, we love history here. Yeah. Um, for those of you that know that space, it's kind of an old house, cool little location right when you're coming up from Garden City on top of a hill. That hill. Um, so we redid the inside when we first mm-hmm. bought it, and I found this amazing wallpaper from um, Rifle Paper Company, which I just love. And uh, we did one wall in this like bright yellow green with like gold accent wallpaper. So I kind of just took that and ran with it with luncheonette kind of like edged into like a bit of a 70s vibe yeah you know um gold velour oh dark we're all green, about it lots of plants you know dark it's wood. really cute i did want to warn people if you're going out to wild plum you have to make sure to cross the curtain they're not closed <laughs> it may yeah. seem that way or it may seem intimidating but trust me it's worth it on the other side <laughs> well i think yeah. it's to keep the air out it is, yeah, yeah. It's just for the winter. We yeah, have, people can sit on the patio, right? And they might get cold if they had didn't have the curtain, isn't it? Yeah, so we heated and insulated the patio this winter so guests could dine there. We still don't have inside dining okay. at the moment um, to be safe for COVID. Totally. Um, Are you but, still taking guests for the greenhouses as well? Yeah, so that's a, that's a whole separate thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. We actually constructed these um, greenhouses on our front lawn. Um, so they seat... Um, like four to 10 people. Small parties. Yeah, small parties. And we do like a family style dinner in those. They're they're really great. They're they look twinkly magical. lights and we do tapered candles and we have a fire pit roaring when people show up and it comes with a bottle of sparkling wine and a charcuterie board, just like what you guys are snacking on right now. Um, oh, it just looks like so much fun. I thought when I saw the, the greenhouses, what a great idea. Because obviously the reason it's okay with COVID is that the group that schedules is a pod. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that spend time together anyway. So they're already safe. Yeah. I mean, we, people have decided what your group is going to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so like my family of four, we spend time together. We could come rent the, the greenhouse. greenhouse. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we actually, on that note, um, we are... 
uh, actually building a brand new patio on our lawn <gasps> starting on Monday. Oh my um, gosh, exciting. Yeah, super fun. So we're going to have expanded seating for Lunchnette and we're actually getting two smaller greenhouses. So we will have two top tables now available, which a lot of people Whoa. have been asking for because some people don't have... Well, that's Anybody what I was bubble. thinking, really. Yes. The only person in me. my bubble right now is my husband. Yeah. Because when we have four is when the kids are home, but they weren't able to come home this year because of COVID. Yeah. Everything going so, on. Yeah, and we've got a lot of, we've had a lot of requests. It's um, it's just hard because we only rent them to one group. group per night. So we have to have that four minimum just to make it um, work out for our business. But now that we'll have the smaller ones, we can accommodate the two tops. So I'm, I'm excited for that. So I, when I visited with you about the greenhouses, they're only certain nights of the week, right? Um, um, Wednesday through Saturday. Right. Yeah. And then they need to be reserved. At use, I was surprised you had them reserved quite a ways out already. People, yeah. they're a hot ticket. They are, in yeah. Boise so, right now. so how how far out are they reserved? Um, I think the next availability is mid-April. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to use want to go to the greenhouse, you have to call you soon. You know, we actually it's pretty easy. We have it all set up on our website, so you mm-hmm. can check out the days that are available. There's a calendar, wildplumevents.com/greenhouses, and it has. Every date that's open, one greenhouse seats a, a little bit. It's a little roomier than the other. So we say that today. the bigger one seats up to 10. The smaller one, we usually like to keep it at six. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, you can reserve it directly online. And the, when we have the two smaller ones built, we'll have those up as well. I hope you guys keep that going. I think they're just such great little intimate spaces. And I think we're getting closer to having these relationships with farmers and consumers. Yeah, totally. People have just been so supportive of them. And, um, you know, we were thinking we would stop doing them once the spring arrived. But oh, don't. Yeah, but Please. people people still want it. So yeah. they're um, probably too hot in the summer. I mean, greenhouses are hot when you're. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. We're getting a little AC units. Oh, then, really? Yeah. You're, you're, re- you're doing Green. the whole thing. So wow. they'll go right through the. Well, I mean, it'd be fun in the summer as long as it's not too hot. Yeah. And, and if you have a big patio, then you'll you really have quite a bit of space for people. Yeah, we're excited. And uh, Alex, my husband's a big plant nerd, so <gasps> we're actually going to fill that. them up with plants and um, then have the AC. So there'll be kind of a different vibe in oh, the like summer. A very much a green house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I'm kind of tropical, lush kind of situation. You know, ever so. since Water Bear came in, I feel like Mountain Tiki is totally part of our culture <laughs> right now. I love that I, term they came up with. I want to go back to the greenhouse for just, yeah. did oh, yeah, you totally. think of that yourself, you and Alex? Or, I mean, did you see it somewhere or did you're laying around together as a couple going, let's start greenhouses. I mean, I'm <laughs> always interested in how people come up with ideas. Yeah. So that, um, that one was my idea. Um, you know, we were looking at a winter that looked pretty bleak. To be honest, um, that's typically December is like our busiest time of the year with our catering company and, so we're looking at, you know, no events coming up, you know. Right, and there um, was not a lot of communication at that time too. Yeah, so I was kind of just like racking my brain for what we could do um, just to bridge that season. Um, and I remembered seeing a long time ago these really cool like um, like dome structures yeah. um, mm-hmm. that had, you know, kind of decked out and plush with like Coffee from Eagle just started getting them too. Who did? Uh, Toffee from Eagle. She has um, some Thai restaurants in town, um, but she did oh, some okay. bubbles. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I, these are real greenhouses. They're not bubbles. Yes. They're, different. Yeah. So I started looking. I guess the greenhouse thing. I'd actually um, seen this really great 
a private dinner party in a greenhouse that was like one of those classic like English glass greenhouses that are so beautiful with that actual- English breakfast spread though. Oh my gosh, it looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, I was actually going to mention that I, I have done a lot of traveling and almost every English castle has a sunroom type thing mm-hmm. where yeah. they have breakfast because oh. it's so cold in England and wet and rainy that that's how they uh, start out the day is to get some sunlight in. And that's what your uh, brunch, your Saturday, you do brunches also in the greenhouses, right? Yeah, and, yeah, we reserve them for brunch on Saturdays. Right, and, and that's what I immediately thought of was I uh, had the opportunity to take a tour of Irish castles. Oh, fun. And they all had these solariums where we had these really fancy breakfasts. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, that takes me back to traveling. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, I insight. definitely remember seeing those great greenhouses all over England, even in people's homes, just mm-hmm. kind of coming off the side of their houses. Mm-hmm. And they almost all have some kind of way to let sunlight in because it is so rainy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know, Tara, you travel as well. Has there been any inspiration looking back on your travels that maybe have been incorporated or something you've been craving lately? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we actually um, had the opportunity to um, take a trip to Prague um, mm. actually a year ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> today, basically, yeah. um, right before things shut down. Um, and so we ended up just eating the most amazing things. We found this little butcher shop around the corner from where we were staying, uh-huh. uh, kind of on the outskirts of Old Town. And Mm-hmm. They got these amazing pigs from like this. It's a special Czech breed of pig they got from this um, local farm and they did all their butchery in house, but they made this amazing meatloaf that was unlike <gasps> anything I've ever had in my life. Um, oh. And so I was like, we have to get this recipe. This is like criminal. Need, it's yeah. like to call it meatloaf is a to shame. like, yeah. <laughs> To like so did they share the recipe with you? Did they do that? Yeah. So um, I actually found it online um, (gasps) and we were able to adapt it um, to the great local pork that we get from Malia River Meats here. Mm. Or it's in Vail, um, but they're here at the Boise Farmer's Market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we call it Prague Meatloaf and we have that on the menu at Lunchnet. And we serve it as a sandwich now with like our house-made pickles and creamy mustard, which is another Prague thing, which is just... Mayonnaise and mustard. I, I, I'm going to have to get some from my f- husband. His name is Kozicek. Oh, okay. And uh, his uh, family is Bohemian. He's second generation. But we did travel to Prague also because that's where they're from. But here no one can say his name correctly, so he always just says Pete. Yeah. Whenever he makes a reservation, he always <laughs> just goes, I'm Pete. Yeah. <laughs> but when we were in Prague, they had street signs that were Kozicek, and it was like just like Smith. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. So it's yeah. so common to have. And so here's this name that no one can even pronounce here uh-huh. uh, or spell. And yet we go to Prague and it's everywhere. So, um, but Prague is a wonderful city. It has that big square and the big clock. And yeah, we so had beautiful. a wonderful time there. Yeah. So I had actually studied abroad there, um, gosh, like 16 years ago. Oh so gosh, that was wow. my first time going back. And I was excited yeah. to take Alex with me um, yeah. so that we Was could. that his first time? It was his first time, yeah, and the city's changed a lot. Like, it used to Uh kind of be, you know, goulash and pilsner, um, (laughs) pretty. Goulash became a big thing for a while, I feel like. Yeah. When I was in college, like 2013 or something, I feel like I saw it all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's been a thing there for 
centuries, I think. (laughs) But they they started getting this really great food scene now, and they're doing a lot of like artisanal products and yeah. um, Well, they might great stuff. I'm afraid that internationally, because people can't travel, it may be hard to get back up to recapture how wonderful all these places were. Right. I think we're seeing that in our whole food community, Julie. Even here, here in town too. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that, Tara, when it comes to this, you know, our food system shaping and particularly the Treasure Valley, you know, I think we were poised um, to become more of a food community and we're building. And so I'm kind of curious on what you think, you know, our existing structure is here locally and, you know, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that we have definitely been on a trajectory to um, start becoming a lot more of a food focused community, which has been awesome to watch. We're going to break that ceiling, me and you. (laughs) But but COVID has definitely been a pause button for so many places. Um, You know, it's really been unfortunate. Shut down a lot of my favorite spots around town. Is there any place for you that you miss or you're sad about? Oh my gosh, the modern. Like, I've missed that so much. And Chiquiteo Mm -hmm. and Tazo. Chiquiteo was devastating for me. Yeah. It's sad. And, you know, um, I mean, everybody's been struggling. We've been struggling, all of our friends in the community, um, so this is, it's just been such a hard time for the restaurant industry in particular. Um, and you know, the wedding industry, right, catering industry as well. So, um, yeah, we've, it's, I'm looking forward to the next step, but I think it's going to look a lot different than what we imagined it was going to look like back in 2020. Right. Because you did mention before we came on the air that you didn't think you'd go back to your old model, that you'd stay somehow different yeah. into the future. Yeah, so we, we made the decision recently to back away from, from off-site catering um, and really just focus on what we can do on-site in our space. So, um, you know, that's going to turn into more dinner options moving forward, um, continuing with our lunch restaurant and the greenhouses and just kind of expanding that. Um, I think the goal in the space for me was always to be able to sell our house-made meats and pickles and all these things in sort of a delicatessen kind mm-hmm. of manner. Um, and, you know, just sell the products that we love from our local purveyors. Totally. So hopefully we can move into more of that model moving forward. And um, I'm hoping more people follow, you know, your guys's direction and lead in that and seeing that more in our community, you know, us utilizing more of the farmers and for us to have these relationships and, um, for people to know about the great, I, a lot of people don't still know about the plum lunchette. And so I think a big thing too, is just talking to people. And, um, I was actually teaching Julie the other day at, um, Bitter Creek, how to take a uh, Instagram story, but you know, just a yeah. simple snap of a story can help share a yummy bite with someone. So it's um, all the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I just ate a dried plum and the name of your, uh, establishment is wild plum. And so tell me yeah. how you got that name. That's uh, yeah, so so Alex, my husband, the chef, um, has many hobbies, uh, many more before we started this business. But uh, one of them was making uh-huh. uh, booze out of fruit. So he made a ton of really great ciders from mostly from foraged wild apples, and then he got really cool. into making plum wine. Um, so we would gather wild plums from along the Boise River. There's tons of plum trees. You can spot where they are. Um, Pretty soon in the next month or so, they're one of the first trees to really start flowering. So you can kind of take a stroll along the river and be like, oh, look, there's a cluster there. There's a cluster there. 
and come back a few months later and they'll just be totally loaded with um, wild plums. So, yeah. Do you know anything about foraging? It's been something that I've been super curious and growing in my abilities. And I know morels are such a huge thing here in Boise. Um, are there any like foraging policies or thought processes? I'm, I'm new to it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you talk to Idaho folks, they all know where to go forage their morels or huckleberries, and uh -huh. they won't tell you. <laughs> I go to Albertsons. <laughs> and, and don't forage on private lands without permission. Oh, that's a good one, Julia. Yeah. But, don't go um, on private I, I do want to mention that I had the opportunity to have a grilled cheese sandwich with morels in it from wild plum and i had never had anything like that and it was just fabulous oh, so so happy you enjoyed it oh yes it was really good so i i just wanted it's a great option for vegetarians it is and my son is a vegetarian so i'm always looking for options where uh, he'll be happy and it and it, it's really harder to find vegetarian options than you think i mean it's yeah. gotten a lot better that's where food has really shifted yeah but when he first became a vegetarian when he was in third grade Oh my gosh. It yeah. was really difficult. So yeah, mm -hmm. things are changing a lot for sure. I know, um, actually last year, our most popular sandwich was our vegan tempeh BLT. No way. Yeah. Um, which was funny. Yeah. But I think this year it's being outshined by the, um, smoked brisket banh mi, which <sighs> is everyone's new favorite, but I looked at the tempeh and I was going to try to order it with bacon. I'm just that type of person <laughs> with both tempeh and bacon. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> right. how I like to live. Yeah. <laughs> Live dangerously. <laughs> yeah, with that bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I got to have that tempeh side too. Put bacon anywhere. That's Alex's model. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I do love bacon, actually. Heard of baconarians before. Vegetarian, but they eat bacon. Oh, my gosh. That's close to me. I Cheese is the other thing. When I look at veganism, I'm like, mm -mm. oh. No. Vegan with cheese. No. Oh, oh no. and honey, though. Oh. Now, my son is not a vegan. He is a vegetarian. He yeah. loves cheese. So, and the um, difference, of course, is that vegetarians eat no don't eat meat versus vegans don't eat animal-based products. So that could be anything from honey to uh, cow's milk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to also kind of talk to you, you know, go back to that bigger subject, the state of food. Um, what are you thinking of our food culture? You know, you've had your thumb on it for such a long time by the way you guys can follow tara at the boise food feed um it is her personal food blog that i am obsessed with thank you mm -hmm. yeah it's um i haven't posted on that in a long time if you ever need a guest writer <laughs> yeah please i need all the help i'm I coming over <laughs> um yeah, I guess the state of Boise food. Um, it's been really cool to watch the Boise food scene evolve over the years. Um, it, it still is a beer and burgers town, um, but I see that slowly changing. I see some new, really cool things happening. Like um, what? I, for example, Amano in Caldwell, I think is I was a manager just, there for a minute. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A really quick minute. You know, I just couldn't, can't help myself. I'm always drawn to food, but um, yeah, I'm a big, obviously, fan. Yeah, um, they just... Um, they're I, on a national level. I mean, if you ask me, when it yeah. comes, they are adding to that Mexican culture, and for sure, we're very lucky to have them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just real um, ingredient-driven and focused on um, quality, you know? So it's hard yeah. to, like, explain the difference to someone in, like, a really great taco. You know, something simple, like... Did you have the beer of tacos there? Mm -hmm, I did. Oh, so my good. gosh. I was like, this is... This is totally like that French side coming out. And I know it's been done in L.A., but I'd never had it before. Um, it's just got that umaminess of like a broth almost with the dip. 
And then the taco, Julie, oh my gosh, we're going to a mono actually. We're having them on huge fans. Oh, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They do, they do such a great job. And then, um, another great place, uh, some friends of ours, um, just opened the little pearl oyster bar and I just, can't oh, go I go there too much. Like people, it's too, I, every time, every week. They, yeah, they do just such a great job. It's such a cute mm-hmm. spot. Um, and the chef there, Cal just, um, has a really great focus on, um, ingredients and keeping things simple, but like, uh, knowing how to treat dishes. Right. So, um, that's the kind of places we like to eat intentional eating. I think a huge point you brought out too, is that agriculture side. I think Idaho, you know, we're, we've modernized and we've got kind of gotten away from that, but I think it's merging our rural and urban communities together and seeing that, that we're going to get the best food, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, and just the more people who understand, um, sourcing, you know, I, I think that's the one it's great to say, local food mm-hmm. <laughs> but the job of actually sourcing local food is is a lot of work yeah. it takes and you know, know i'm not always necessarily you know i don't always set parameters that they has to be specific you know maybe they i actually was just eating beef that was um in idaho but the family lives in nevada i think it's complicated sometimes when you look at locality and that quality i think is a huge component that's what yeah i think to me it's less a matter of like um miles as it is to mindset like yeah i love um just people that really care about food and are really thoughtful in how they work with ingredients which is why um like i was saying before the salami on our platter we don't make that but criminelli does an amazing, amazing job. job and so um we're so happy to carry their products um and uh yeah same with like brush creek creamery up in north idaho we source um, a lot of their cheeses um, by the wheel, they're amazing. They've got a really great Montazio, a cloth-bound Ooh. cheddar that's so good. And their Lobna is just wonderful. It's do like, we comes have a marinated. local brie by chance? Gosh, not I don't think we I do. Can. Yeah, I've been looking I mean, for they, one. They Brush Creek has a brie. Oh, um, yes, I've used that before. They have like an ash brie that's wonderful with like a maple leaf wrap. Oh my gosh. Well, so you good. have brought quite a few cheeses today and I've tried them and they're very good. So Thanks. they're they're excellent. And then one of the other things I thought was really good, which I've never had before, was the it's bright pink for people who can't see it. And it's uh, beet hummus, as I understood. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, yes, it's absolutely. really good. And it's a little bit sweet, but it's still got the texture of hummus. So, I mean, you can tell there's beets in it, but it's not like, oh, I'm sitting here eating a beet you know it's yeah a, yeah it's more like hummus than it is like beets but i just think really that good. color just adds that bite yeah well anyway we're gonna dive in here thank you so much again for coming on well, thanks Tara. so much for uh, having me this has been great and I, I i wanted to thank you for i really liked your model that said uh that you have simple food amazingly made and so as we say goodbye to you i just wanted to have people remember that at wild plum you can get simple food but it tastes fabulous. And you can follow Thank them at so Plum Lunchette and Wild Plum. Have a great night, guys. Thanks, you guys. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Make Waves Media House. Make Waves Media House is a full-service video production company based out of Spokane, Washington, but does work all over the U.S. specializing in music video production, editing, director of photography services, motion graphics, and commercial work. 
With 20 years of experience behind the camera and celebrating seven years of business, MakeWaves is here to create your high quality videos at affordable prices. You can find them on Facebook at MakeWaves Media House, on Instagram at make.waves.mh, or call them at 509-991-3000. Attention Idaho and California residents, if you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PAC5, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, equal housing lender. Honey, need a personal spa experience to relax and recharge your soul? Soul Ease, a personal spa and lifestyle boutique. At Soul Ease, you will enter into a relaxing environment. You can rest in mind, body, and soul with a day spa experience, discover world-class skincare treatments using French and Hungarian techniques, organic and natural skincare along with modern technologies. Whether you are visiting them for one session or multiple, it'll be a personal spa experience to relax and recharge your soul. Soul Ease is conveniently located near downtown Boise in the North End on North 28th Street, across the street from Lowell Elementary School. Follow them on Instagram at Soul Ease Boise, Facebook at Soul Ease. Check out their website, soulease.com, or call 208-994-1480 to reserve your next appointment. <laughs>